Hey, this is Pastor Mark. You do not want to miss this week's podcast. You're going to laugh till you cry, but it's good tears. They're good tears. So, man, tune in, listen to this podcast. It's going to inspire you, encourage you, and, and prayerfully help bring change that you desire in your life. God bless you. Thanks for listening. Good morning. Tough act to follow, trust me. Uh, you can see some of them, were, they're destined for the stage, man. Well, stand with me, hold your Bibles up. Welcome to all of you who are watching online or, or watching that cute little video and hearing the kids jingle. By the way, we're leaving the bells with them so that they can help you tonight. <laughs> Say, this is my Bible. I am what it says I am. I have what it says I have. I can do what the Bible says I can do. Today I'll be taught the Word of God. I've just given you a taste of what the kids had to go through. I wanted to make sure you guys were awake and aware. Well, you, you can uh, get started by just turning your Bibles to a couple of passages, John chapter 5. James chapter 2. John 5, James 2. As you're doing that, this is the third message in the series of the Christmas gift. The very first gift that God gave us was love. He said, God's Bible says, God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten. A couple of thousand years ago, God deposited into the earth this love message. And then he extended out of that love a message of grace, unmerited favor, and then mercy is the act of kindness and compassion or favor. So not only did he extend grace to help us in the midst of the sin, but mercy to show us favor uh, as we live this life. There was a priest who was uh, kind of a car guy, and he really liked cars, and he liked driving fast. And one day he was driving down the road a little faster than he should have, and he looks in his rearview mirror, and he says he sees uh, lights from a, a police car. And so he pulls over, you know, being the priest that he is, and his collar and everything. He's looking really nice. Car is beautiful. Officer comes up and says, uh, you know, you, you were speeding. He said, uh, the priest said, yes, sir, I, I'm so sorry. He said, you know, to whom you show mercy, mercy will be shown to you. The officer reached down, handed him a ticket, and said, go and sin no more. Don't play the mercy card. Just live it, all right? See what happens. I mean, we've all been there. In uh, John chapter 5, it says, I tell you the truth, whoever hears my word and believes him who sent me has eternal life and will not be condemned, accused, damned, or judged. He has crossed over from death to life. So hearing is not enough. We must believe. And today I want to <clears throat> highlight the mercy of God, the favor of God that is extended to us and came in the person of Jesus. James chapter 2 says, For judgment will be merciless to one who has shown no mercy. But to the one who has shown mercy, mercy triumphs victoriously over judgment. So as we celebrate the Christmas season, as we celebrate the birth of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, we could go back and talk about the shepherds in the field and the magi and 
we've heard those messages and, and we could symbolize all of the, uh, the gold, frankincense, and myrrh and, and talk about all of those things. And, and maybe that's to uh, navigate when you have a group of people that are really thrilled about Christmas and a group of people who dread it every year. I was talking to one of our, our ushers before service and uh, so ironic, you know, you prepare a whole message and then you come and you get this great story, you know, from somebody who's already at church. He said yesterday they were out shopping and he, he was going down one of these, these rows in front of Walmart getting ready to park and be entertained. <laughs> Tell you, Walmart this time of year is better than any blockbuster movie that comes out. And uh, so he's, he's waiting and all of a sudden his car is backing out, so he's waiting on it. And he goes to pull in, and he pulls in, and a, a guy comes from the other direction to try to jump in the spot. And um, he said they, it, you know, he pulled in. This guy gets out of his truck and comes over and starts talking to him and, and uh, saying, you know, I've been waiting five minutes on this spot. So here we are, Christmas season, right? Christmas spirit. And I said, so what would you do? He said, well, I asked him, what if I had a gun? This is one of our ushers. Welcome to Mosaic. And so he said, well, I'll move, but I'm not moving because of you. So anyway, they had this dialogue, but he ended up moving. And, and that is a, a demonstration of mercy, of showing favor to someone uh, during this time of year. And it's a real challenge. And so when I talk about love, grace, and mercy, I'm talking about something we have to really practice. Because 2,000 years ago, mercy found itself in a manger. And God was showing and demonstrating us to us his favor. So when you're tempted in that fashion, go back to the cross and remember your encounter there. If you are a Christian, you and I must always reference every feeling and emotion that we have, every potential response that we have has to be measured against the cross. And if you want to take it all the way back to the manger, that's fine. It's measured against Christ who chose to leave heaven God did not require him to come, did not make him come, but he chose to leave heaven and come to earth and demonstrate the mercy of our Father. And so whenever you're going through a, a struggle, a tough time, you're having family issues and encounters, nature, I am a very type A person, and whenever a conversation gets elevated, I can get elevated with it. I, I don't even have to try. It's effortless. It's a gift or a curse. I don't even have to attempt it. And I find myself having to pull on the very mercy I'm talking about today. God, you've demonstrated mercy to me. Help me to demonstrate that same mercy to other people. Because things get escalated. They get elevated. Things get challenging. And, and as a young man, especially men, women, I'm so sorry that you have to put up with, with men. I don't know what it is. I mean, I can tell you, a man can be low on testosterone until somebody gets in his face. And then all of a sudden, it's like the demonic burst of testosterone comes in. He has no energy, no passion, never until someone triggers an emotional response that's escalated. And that's when we have to go, I'm not giving my energy to that kind of thing anymore. God could have come down in the person of Christ. He could have come down 
angry. He could have come down in judgment. But remember, mercy triumphs over judgment. And His mercies are new every morning. And right now, in the next few days, things are going to get more intense. There are people who've delayed shopping. They've put it off. They've procrastinated. They've waited. And, 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 and feelings, emotions begin to rise. And I would pray that today's message would remind us of a godly response. I was telling Susan last night, you know, growing up, there were only about four or five things we had to do to go to heaven. Now, there should only be one thing. But in religion, there are always four or five things. Don't drink, don't smoke, don't cuss, don't chew, don't date girls who do. Well, that's if you're a guy. And if we did those things, supposedly we had a pass into heaven. But the reality is, I think the church really messed up in laying out five things that really were not that difficult for most people. But let me tell you what's difficult for just about everybody. is showing love, grace, and mercy. Being kind. Not being critical. Not gossiping. Not being judgmental. Not being rude. Not being mean. Those are the things to me that better represent Christianity. There are things that demonstrate to people we've had an encounter with a higher power. Now, I better say the Lord Jesus Christ, because some people say higher power. Well, he is a higher power. Would you not agree? But we've named the higher power in church, and his name is Jesus. And so we must continually find ourselves going back to the place of the cross where we find ourselves forgiven, because it's not the things that you might do or do, it, it really is the one thing that we might not do that will cost us more than anything, which is hearing the Word and believing in the Word. And when you're challenged, the Word of God has to come to surface in order to overcome the assault or the attack or the temptation or whatever it might be. We have to be able to respond appropriately. And in doing that, it requires, and this is something that when I say make time for God every day, make time for God, God's house every week, repetition is the mother of learning. Whatever we repetitiously do, we will more likely automatically do that over time. Uh, it gets easier and easier as we repetitiously remind ourselves of proper responses to sin and the sin in others. God's the perfect picture of that. He looked down on earth, and there was no one righteous, not even one. And God could have easily said, I'm going to start over. I'm going to judge the world. But instead of judging the world, he demonstrated mercy and favor to the world. And this is really hard when we think about it in terms of horizontal relationship. It's really not that difficult for somebody who looks at God. And, and, and you know, I, I, I have heard one guy say this. He said, you know, I have a hard time. He said, I don't have a hard time forgiving others, but I have a hard time forgiving myself. And we'd all go, yep, that's right. And I heard that. And, and this morning I'm up praying and it was like the Lord said to me, that's not accurate. You cannot forgive others until you have been forgiven and forgive yourself. The Bible says, love your neighbor as you love yourself. Well, then forgiveness of self needs to come before you forgive others. So we have to learn to forgive ourselves 
in order to give forgiveness to other people. We have to receive the forgiveness of God. And so the reason that uh, we, we have a hard time is because we have a hard time handling ourselves. And I, I just don't want to give energy into things any longer that won't change anything. God didn't give his energy to correcting humanity. He gave his energy to loving humanity, to extending grace to humanity, to giving mercy to humanity. God didn't bring a list of rules. He didn't, he didn't come to correct the world, but he came to love the world, to extend grace and to extend mercy. And the challenge with that is we're very hard on ourselves and it's very difficult for us to accept a gift without giving one back. But you are a gift to God. When you repent of your sin, you are the greatest gift of all to the Father. Not your skill, not your talent, not your wealth, not all the things that we do, but the gift of yourself. God, here's the gift. I'm a sinner. Here's my gift. My sin is a gift to God. Your sin is a gift to God. If you're not a Christian today, and this time of year you say, what could I possibly give God? Give him your sin. That's all he's asking for. He said, I gave you my son, and in return, I want you to give me your sin. I want you to give me your anger. I want you to give me your frustration. I want you to give me your gossip. I want you to give me your criticism. Because I can handle it. God's saying, I can handle it, but other people cannot. So this holiday season, if I could admonish us to do anything, it would be to be reminded, God, that I give him something that doesn't make sense to our thinking and our mind, which is God is simply asking for our sin, our frustration, our animosity, our attitude toward others. 2 Corinthians chapter 13 encourages us in this way. Examine yourselves to see if your faith is really genuine. One translation says, judge yourself. Mercy triumphs over judgment only when we examine ourselves. He said, if you will examine yourself and you will see your need for a Savior, you'll see your need to be forgiven and to give those things to me, then you will not be judged in the life to come. I think the greatest fear for a lot of people is what's going to happen when it's all said and done. And this time of year, we're reminded of the greatest gift that was ever given to anyone, the gift of life through Jesus Christ. And we celebrate that, and yet I think at times we, we wonder and we ponder, what do I have to give him? Some of you will give gifts to people you don't like because they gave a gift to you. They like you, you don't like them. And then I love it when somebody you don't like gives you a gift because it really puts the challenge on our carnality and our humanity. I don't want to give them anything. You know, I have a policy that nobody owes me anything, don't want any gifts, but if somebody wants to give me one, I'll take it, but don't expect one in return. I guess their feelings are, why well, you got me this and I got... And, and, and this time of year, well, I just be thankful. Amen. You know, I mean, I think one of the greatest things we could do is have a year, of course, not, nobody's going to agree with this, but what if, what if we just had one of those times where we said, we're just not going to give, 
gifts this year out. We're going to give each other love and grace and mercy. And I get it. I'm just trying to challenge us to think outside of tradition just for a little bit. Because everybody gets, I hope, I hope I don't have enough money. I hope they like what I give them. As a matter of fact, the closer we get to Christmas, I think the, the more uh, skittish and afraid we get because did I get them the right thing? Did I get them what they want? And, and the reality is if you got them a rock and you painted your name on it, they ought to be thrilled. Because all you're saying is, I was thinking about you. To me, that's what a gift is. I was thinking about you. Now, the gift may be great, and it may be good, but the reality, more than what's in the box, is what was in your heart. You were thinking about me. Thank you for the rock. You didn't even have to put your name on there. You just gave me a rock. I know I'm being ridiculous this morning, but this time of year just gets me thinking, what's this really all about? It's not what's under the tree. It's the one who would eventually hang on the tree. Once we accept Christ, the judgment of mankind fell upon him. Charles Spurgeon says, under the conviction of the Holy Spirit, he had a clear sense of the justice of God, and sin became intolerable burden to him. He didn't fear hell as much as he despised the reality of his own wrongdoing. He said, all the while I had upon my mind a deep concern for the honor of uh, of God's name and the integrity of his moral government. I felt that it would be not quiet my conscience if I could be forgiven without justice being satisfied. In other words, he's saying, I, I owe something here. But then came the question, how can God be just and yet justify me with all of my guilt? Spurgeon finally came to see that the substitutionary atonement was the answer. He said, I believe that the doctrine of Jesus paying for my sins is one of the surest proofs of the inspiration of Scripture for who or would, who would or could have fought for the just ruler dying for the unjust rebel. In other words, I see now what mercy really is. I see what it really is. We oftentimes are working so hard to not be the rebel when we should be working hard to accept the righteous one. We live defensive lives, trying to prevent ourselves from the things that we don't want to give ourselves to. But when we're turned to Jesus, and he is our pursuit, we're looking in the direction of righteousness, of love, of grace, and of mercy. The sins of the believer have been wiped out, never to bear. We begin to look inside. We begin to do a, a, a recount of our lives and what we've done or haven't done in 2019. And, and we are, we're looking back, and we're looking back even further. And, and we're going to not see maybe some of our family. Uh, I will not see my youngest son uh, this holiday season. He lives in L.A. Uh, I, I won't get to see him this year. And, and I can look back and think about Joe and his life and everything and... and uh, I can think about all the things that, that were good, all the things that were difficult. And we start pondering all of those things. And, and, and we begin to feel just a little bit of a pain when we do. And we have to go back and continually go back to that place of not recalling all the wrong and all the difficulty, but all the right things that God did. Joe will forever be my son. He's not, I'm not going to see him, not because we have a difference, but he's just not going to be able to make it home. 
He lives in L.A. He's a record producer. And, and you know, some, you think that sounds sexy, but there's not a lot of money when there are about a million of them out there trying to make it. And so I'm glad he's not coming. I'll have to give him a gift. I'm just kidding. Thank you, Joe. No, he'll, he'll get it. He'll get it. Isaiah 43, 25, for my own sake, am he who blots out and cancels your transgressions for my own sake, and I will not remember your sins. Wouldn't it be great if God made everybody forget your sins? <laughs> It'd be awesome. I don't remember that. This is what I love. There's one thing that I found that God really is. When we turn, God is truly forgetful. At least when it comes to sin, He's forgetful. That's called mercy. That's called favor. Whenever God looks down upon your life and those that you love or those that you don't love, all God sees is one of His children. And there's mercy. Now listen to this. Forgetting doesn't allow the offender to walk free. It allows me to walk free. You think when you forget something that somebody did to you that they're just off the hook? Uh-uh. You're the one that's off the hook, not them. They have to deal with whatever it is going on inside them. But when you forgive and forget someone, uh, that what they've done to you, you become the liberated person. I'm no longer bound to that person. I'm no longer bound to that mistake. I'm no longer bound to that sin. If we don't learn to forget, it will cost us. Psalm 103 says, For as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is his love for those who fear him. And as far as the east is from the west, so far as he removed our transgressions from us. You can travel east as far as you want to travel east, and you'll never see west until you turn around. There is no connection. And that's how come he didn't say from the north, as far as the north from the south, because those will meet. The east and west will never meet. You just keep circling in that one direction. God says you'll never see it again. I'll never remind you again. I'll never talk about it again. Let me say what mercy is. Mercy is not reminding someone what they did wrong. That's mercy. Not bringing up a flaw, a fault, a past, that's mercy. God will never bring up to your face something you've done that's already been forgiven and forgotten because he forgave it and he forgot it. What is Christianity? Christianity means to be what? Christ-like. Well, if we're going to be Christ-like, it's time to forgive and it's time to forget. That's called mercy. If somebody has wronged you this holiday season, do something right. For them. We all have family differences. We all have family that we've probably been alienated from. As you think about it, you say, what can I do? Well, you can't change them. Too often we expect people, well, if you'd change, I'd come around. Or if you'd change, I would do this. To be happy. They will never change if you're waiting on them. What can I do? What can I do? How can I change? What, can I, what do I need to do? Instead of telling everybody, this is what you need to do if you want to have a relationship with me. So what do I need to do? And there may be times God says, you know what? All you need to do is love, forgive, and forget. It doesn't mean you hang around with them. It just means that in your heart, you're free from them. 
You're no longer connected to all of the, the things that happen. You're free. You remember the story of the, the, uh, the man who was indebted to the king for 10,000 talents. It's in Matthew chapter 18. If you want to look there, I'm just going to try to go over it. And the king called him in. And as he began uh, the settlement, a man who owed him 10,000 talents was brought to him since he was not able to pay. The master ordered that he and his wife and his children all had to be sold to repay the debt. Now, the 10,000 talents, according to historians, say that that's equivalent to several million dollars today. So the king calls him in. He's going to, they were all going to be sold. It wasn't going to be enough to repay, but at least the king got money for him. And the man begged him. The servant fell on his knees before him. Be patient with me, he begged, and I will pay back everything. The servant's master took pity on him, had mercy, canceled the debt, and let him go. Recognizing, and it wasn't long till he's free, and he goes out, and rather than recognizing the mercy of the king and the grace of the king and the love of the king, he goes out and demands that somebody who owed him simply what was equivalent to $50 today pay him back. You and I have been showed mercy. The king has shown us mercy. If we put a demand on anybody else, we are no different than the man who was forgiven. The measure that we judge is the measure that will be judged back to us. This holiday season, my prayer would be that you would show mercy to everyone you see. There will be plenty of opportunities, I promise, especially if you're going shopping in the next four days. <laughs> plenty of opportunities to show mercy. You and I will never be able to fix other people. Christ became sin on our behalf. God made him who had no sin to be sin for us so that he might become, that we might become the righteousness of God. Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law by becoming a curse for us. For it is written, cursed is everyone who's hung on a tree. Then Christ would have had to suffer many times since the creation of the world. But now he has appeared once for all at the end of the ages to do away with sin by the sacrifice of himself. Billy Graham said the unsurrendered Christian stands condemned for what he does not do more than what he does. Well, what he may not do is forgive, show mercy, show grace. If you can be kind and merciful and gracious to people, you will find more joy in life than you could ever imagine. You may be right about a lot of things that you say. You may be right about a lot of things that you do. But it may be wrong in the face of God. If someone asks you to go a mile, the Bible says go two. If they ask for your shirt, give them your coat. If they hit you on one cheek, turn and say, this one's just as good and I'd like the reds to match. Let's have mercy this holiday season because in that manger 2,000 years ago, the Son of God was filled with mercy. 
Those of you who have been here any time know that our number one goal in this church is to create a culture of love, grace, and mercy. And you know, we've had people here that come and gone, and people will always come and go in church and come to me and said, you know, we're leaving or whatever. All I've ever said is this. First off, I pray that you've heard God, because if you have, you're going to be happy wherever you're going. And let's just say you haven't heard God. At least find another place to worship, but always worship. We need to be in the house of God. We need to be in a place where we are continually hearing the Word of God and being encouraged to live that Word. And you're going to have every opportunity in the next week to 10 days to exercise love, grace, and mercy. If not to your immediate family, to the people that you encounter. Because this time of year, some people are really angry, they're hurting. They lost somebody they loved, and this will be the first Christmas without that loved one. There's always somebody in the family that had a horrible year, and they want to make sure that you're a part of that company because misery loves company. And so what I'm doing is loading your heart today with three bullets that you can shoot back. Shoot the bullet of love because love never fails. You say, but they treat me mean. Don't lower yourself to that level. And don't escalate yourself to the level of anger and frustration and emotion. Extend grace. Because where sin abounds, grace more abounds. And God's grace abounds to us when we sin even more. God's grace continues to elevate. You can never out-sin the grace of God. And then there's that mercy of favor. It says, surely, O Lord, you bless the righteous. You surround them with favor. It's the same as mercy as with a shield. That everywhere you go, demonstrate the mercy of God. Give people grace. Give them mercy. Give them love. It will change your life even if it doesn't change theirs. And over time, they won't forget you. And that one encounter at one given moment in the future may change them forever. I can promise you the gift that you give someone under a tree this year, it'll break. It'll be wore out before long. They'll forget even who gave it to them. But nobody ever forgets somebody who's been kind in my past. I will never forget the rest of my life. When I was a hardened sinner, these two guys were so kind to me. It irritated me. Just being honest with you, I was mad. Why would you be nice to me? I knew who they were. And I knew they were both Christians, sold out. And man, I did everything I could to give them H-E double hockey sticks. But their love won out over time. And yours will as well. Let's pray. Father, thank you that you have not judged us according to our deeds, but you've judged us according to the cross. And your son took that judgment. So Lord, today we thank you for your grace and mercy, for a love that never fails. This holiday season, we celebrate the birth of our Lord and Savior, but in that manger laid our future, our hope, our salvation, our eternity. Help us, Lord Jesus, to be more like you. Fill us with your Holy Spirit. Remind us 
in moments of anger, remind us of your grace. In moments of frustration, remind us of your mercy. When we feel like hating, remind us of your love. With every head bowed and every eye closed, there may be those of you that have not received Christ. And I want to pray a prayer and ask you to pray this with me and all of you to pray this with me so that those who have not received him are not speaking alone, but we're speaking with them. Say, Father God, thank you so much for sending your only son to die on the cross for my sin. Jesus, thank you for giving your life for me. Today I give my life to you. I repent of my sin. Today I declare I am forgiven. I am no longer judged. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Hello, this is Pastor Mark Crow. I just want to take a quick moment to thank you for joining us online. We hope you have a blessed week this week and get to be a blessing to those around you. I want to invite you to join us at Mosaic Church OKC next week at 9.30 a.m. and 11 a.m. or join us online. God bless you.